My daughter was buying a fish tank heater the other day, and she found this Amazon review that I wanted to share with you. Uh, this person gave this particular product one star out of five, and the title is Killed My Fish. I had a beautiful blue beta for two, nearly two years when I decided to upgrade his tank, and I bought this heater to go in it. I did everything that I should. I set up the tank. I let the heater stay warm for well over 24 hours. And when I put Diego into his new tank, he seemed pleased. And he was swimming around. And he spotted the new heater. And he went and explored. And then he dropped to the bottom of the tank. All caps. My fish touched the heater and then fell like a rock. I thought he was dead, and for about half an hour, he did nothing. When I had accepted that he had died, I returned to scoop him out, but he moved. I just imagined Diego flopping. <laughs> I had hoped the heater just stunned him and that he would return to his full health, but he never did. Diego never left the bottom of the tank again. He scurried around for food, barely moved, and would not go into his log, which was there for him to spend most of his time. Before this incident, he was a lively fish, always happy to see me and ready for food. Afterward, I watched him die a sad, slow death, barely able to swim and clearly unhappy All caps, please do not buy. I regret every moment I purchased this heater. I love my fish, and I know that he would still be alive if they had not put out such an inferior product. Don't you just feel bad for Diego the beta fish? I read that story, and I thought, you know, sometimes it's easy to feel fried, Sometimes it's easy to feel like you're sinking to the bottom of your tank. Sometimes it's it's easy to feel like you're flopping around on the bottom. But God has a great promise for us today. I want to direct our attention to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I want you to open in your Bibles today to this powerful passage. Because when you're battle weary, God is so faithful. And I think this is one of the most outstanding passages, one of the most encouraging passages that we could turn to in moments when we believe that we are sinking, when we are struggling, when we're tired. We've been in a series over the last few weeks called Backtalker. We've been talking about talking back to the devil, pushing back on the enemy, uh, not allowing the devil, the tempter, to push us around. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes to a a congregation in the city of Thessalonica, ancient Greece. This particular church was going through some hard times. They had uh, some crazy people outside the church that were trying to oppress the church. So they had persecution from the outsiders, but they also had problems inside the church because people started to believe doctrines that were not truly in alignment with God's purposes, God's will, and and God's teaching. 
And so Paul is trying to right the ship. He's trying to bring encouragement to a discouraged people. He's trying to give direction to people that are, are a little bit aimless. And he writes these words, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Let me read it one more time. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. You see, when the evil one is coming after us, God is the one who is protecting us. And I want us to look at these three aspects of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. I want us to look at the fact that God is faithful and then that God is going to give us strength and that God will protect us. God will protect us. And uh, in doing so, God is going to help us overcome our battle weariness. Now, to be battle weary just means to be worn out, tired, beaten down. Maybe you got some situations at home. You just feel, you just feel tired. You feel weary. You're like, man, I can't keep fighting the same battles over and over and over again. Maybe you're going to the office and, and it's battle after battle after battle. Well, take heart today, church, because God is the God who is faithful. Okay, look at this right here. God is faithful. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, one more time. But the Lord is faithful. Do you see it? But the Lord is faithful. And when you are battle weary, remember that God is faithful. And that word faithful means trustworthy. In other words, God is someone that we can always count on. Uh, in the language of the New Testament, it means this word trustworthy means that God is, is able to fulfill uh, his transacting business. God is able to do exactly what he said. He is steadfast. He is firm. He is steady. He is always on time. You can always count on God. Don't you love when you work with people that you can always count on? Anybody know who I'm talking about? Like, do you, do you work with some people? If they tell you it will happen, it's going to happen, right? And, and then have you ever worked with some other people that they will tell you it's going to happen and you get nervous, right? You, you become more anxious. You're like, why did I give them that responsibility? <laughs> you know? Well, listen, you can always count on God. God is always faithful. God is so steady. God is always on time. God is always going to fulfill exactly what he said he is going to do. He keeps all of his promises. And I love 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, for every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. So every one of the promises is yes in Christ. Sometimes we look at the Old Testament and we think, well, that's the Old Covenant. God spoke to Israel. What does that have to do with us? Actually, you know, the Old Testament is two-thirds of the Bible. So if we don't study and read and think about the promises of God from the Old Testament, we really are missing out on the bigger picture of who God is because every promise of God is yes in him. And, and, and Jesus was the fulfillment of of the old it's not like there's an old testament god and a new testament god it's all the same and corinthians reminds us for every one of god's promises is yes in him so what promises do we have from god 
How can we trust that God is always faithful? Well, here's some assurances. Jeremiah 33, 3, he will hear you when you call to him. Matthew 6, 25 to 34, he will meet all of your needs. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, he will give you peace in the midst of every circumstance. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5, he will walk with you in every step. And the list goes on and on and on and on. God is always faithful. You can always count on him. In fact, you can count on God when your friends disappoint you, when your family lets you down, when you don't have the money in the bank, and when you feel terrible, you can still count on God. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning, church. We can always count on him. Uh, one of the great examples of, of, of this great confidence in the faithfulness of God uh, is, is over there in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. It's uh, the story of Abraham. And it says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. You know what? When you have confidence in the faithfulness of God, you will be strengthened in your faith. You see, maybe today you're feeling kind of depleted spiritually because you're not really sure that you can count on God. But as your, as your trust and as your confidence grows in the Lord, it will strengthen you, it will embolden you, it will empower you to face whatever is before you. And so Abraham, even though he was facing some tough times, man, he was energized because he had a great hope and a great faith in a great God. So uh, let's look at a couple of uh, other aspects of the faithfulness of God. God is faithful um, in providing for you. How many of us have some needs today in our life? You're like, I have some needs right now. I, I got some big needs. I got some big needs. God's faithful. Look at Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So God's going to take care of whatever your needs are. Now the Bible doesn't promise that God is going to take care of all of your wants. But God is going to take care of, of every single need that you have. Every single need. Every one of those. And so we are in the process of surrendering to God as God works and moves in our life. God is faithful in providing. God's going to provide for you. He really is. Do you believe it today? Uh, you may feel stretched. You, you may feel pushed. You may even feel, feel provoked. But God is going to meet every need that your family has. God is going to meet every need that you have. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is also faithful to, to encourage you as well. He's faithful to encourage us. He's faithful in providing for us. He's, he's faithful in encouraging us. Sometimes we just need some encouragement. Amen? So, sometimes we get a little down. Anybody here get a little down sometimes? Yeah? Yeah, I was feeling a little discouraged this week, and I opened up my devotional, and I read the perfect devotional. Like, it could not have been a better verse and thought for the day I'm telling you, it changed my entire day. I was like, that is exactly what God, that's exactly what God needed to say to me in that moment. 
Have you ever had a moment like that? Maybe you came to church or maybe you opened God's word or you, you, you had that experience where, where it was like, wow, that's exactly what I needed. That is part of the faithfulness of God. That's not coincidence. That's not accident. That's the faithfulness of God. God is caring for you. God is, God is encouraging you. God, God is watching over you. That's part of God's work. Philippians 1.16, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of, Jesus, until the day of Christ Jesus. Man, God's going to finish everything that he has started in your life. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's encouraging. Jeremiah 29, 11 affirms that God's plans are for us and God is here to prosper us. And God knows exactly what you need. So God's encouraging you. Uh, God's also faithful in comforting you. You know, if you just need some comfort, you need a little comfort. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. God is a comforter. Okay, if you're hurting today, maybe you're going through a breakup or maybe a marriage has, has dissolved or, or, or you're going through a health crisis, you know, you're going through some other adversity, God is the one to comfort. Sometimes we look to people to do all of the comforting and, and certainly God uses people, but, but let's don't forget about the fact that God is a comforter. God is a comforter. God has given us the power of his Holy Spirit. John 14, Jesus is referred, or the scripture refers to the Holy Spirit as the comforter. God is a comforting God. God cares when you're hurting. And that's why over in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, when Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he, he talked about that. He said, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. God's comfort can restore you and revive your broken spirit. If a chapter on your life has closed, God understands. If you're going through the loss of a loved one, God is the one who is the comforter. We need to look to him. And God comforts us through his word. God comforts us through his spirit. God even comforts us through his angels, ministering spirits. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Wow. God's got you covered. Don't you worry. God is faithful. Don't be battle weary. God's faithful to you. He also strengthens us. God is a strengthening kind of God. Look, look, look at uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 one more time. But the Lord is faithful and he will say it with me. Strengthen. Come on, we can do that one more time, right? But the Lord is faithful and he will, he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 gives us a little more insight into what I think 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 is 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 articulating, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the way about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. Um, when you're weak, that's when God does his best work. When you're depleted and you feel like, I don't have what it takes God's like, perfect. That's the perfect opportunity for God to do his greatest things. So see, in your weakness, you're actually what? You're strong. You can feel personally 
weak, but spiritually, you're very dynamic. You, you, you have power. So there, there's a beauty in weakness. You know, in our culture, everybody celebrates, be strong, you know, flex your muscles, be independent, you know, do your thing, whatever. Nobody ever says, you really ought to be weaker, you know? Nobody really celebrates that. But Scripture says, listen, when you are weak, you, you are you're strong. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ... Paul's like, you know what? When I don't have it together, I'm going to brag because I know that God is working in me. I want, that's an opportunity for you to give God more glory than you have ever given him before in the middle of your weakness. People are like, how did you get through that? You're like, it was God. Let me tell you. That's called a testimony, by the way. Amen? Anybody have a testimony? The faithfulness of God, how God led you and directed you and, 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 and encouraged you and was faithful to you. You got a story, man. Tell the story. Paul says, all the more that my weakness, my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So we need less of us and more of him if we're going to overcome that battle weariness. Man, God is faithful. He strengthens us. He makes us strong. He makes us strong. When you feel like Diego, the beta fish, God is strong. Oh, he's strong. And God wants his strength to reside in you. So the weakest people are oftentimes the strongest people because God says, that's an invitation for me to work. Listen, when we think we have it all figured out, we have all the answers and, you know, all the conclusions and all the whatever, oh man, that's, that's a recipe for, for disaster right there. You know, there, there, there's got to be that dependence that we have on God. God, I need you today. Maybe we need to cry out to him in prayer this morning and just say, Lord, I need you. I am weak. I am fully aware of my weaknesses, God. But in spite of my weaknesses, Lord, would you fill me with your courage and your strength? Amen? It's beautiful. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you, and he will protect you protect you do you see it from the evil one so god god is a protecting god can we talk for a minute about god's protection god's protection sometimes people feel like well i don't feel so protected you know i feel vulnerable what is the bible talking about with god's protection right i mean i I feel attacked. I feel put down. Things didn't go the way they were supposed to. And, and why do bad things happen sometimes? If, if God's protecting me, why do, why, why, why do I struggle? Why, why, why am I a committed Christian and I have struggles? You know, I'm on a faith journey, man. Everything's supposed to, supposed to go up and to the right all the time, right? Well, sometimes God is still working in us even though things are hard. And maybe you can look back over the history of your life and you see that even though you went through some difficulties, God was still 
at work in your life. Would you agree with that? Yeah. In fact, a lot of times God's greatest work is done in the middle of hardship. It really is. I mean, I can look back on my own life and, and at the time I thought, why am I going through this? And then I got through it and I'm like, oh, God was doing something new. We sang that song, God's doing a new thing, right? Some of you, I want to just say this to you. God, God is doing something new in you. Do you believe it? God's, God's writing a new chapter of your family, of your life. It's God's doing something fresh. God's doing something new. And sometimes difficulties and hardships is a part of that. Sometimes um, we go through hard times because we or other people make bad decisions. That, that is true. That is true. Sometimes we go through hard things because God is sovereign and we don't really understand all that he is doing. And I've been trying to figure out God for a long time. And I've had very little success, so I just decided to trust him. <laughs> But God is still watching over us. Listen, just because you're hurting today doesn't mean that God is not there. In fact, you may feel the presence of God more in your life, in your pain. And Paul reminds this struggling church, God's going to strengthen you and protect you from, from the evil one. Psalm 91.1 speaks a little more about the protection of God, the one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I was thinking about that this week because to dwell in the shadow, put that verse back up there, to dwell in the shadow, you have to be close, don't you? I mean, God says, I protect the people that are in the shadow. Do you see it? The one who lives in the shadow. If you're going to live in the shadow of God, you have to be close to God. Amen? Like you can't, you can't be in my shadow and be way over there. you you got to be close to be in the shadow. It reminded me when I was a high school student, my little brother who was three years younger than me was getting picked on at school. He was an eighth grader. I was, I think, a, maybe a junior in high school, 10th or 11th grade. And... My parents talked to the teachers and the coaches and the school administrators and nothing was happening. It was bullying, you know. And my best friend was my little, uh, had a little brother that was my brother's age that was his best friend. So I talked to my best friend and I said, hey, what do we need to do about this? Obviously, this isn't changing. And he said, Ryan, let's go over to the locker room and let's talk to this to this boy after practice one day. So we went into the middle school locker room. We, we told everybody to leave. And in a very Christian nice way, we told this poor eighth grade soul that if he didn't quit messing with our brothers, that when he came up to high school next year and he played on the football team, he was going to be very sorry. <laughs> and a miracle happened. This boy never spoke to my brother or my fr friend's brother ever again. And I got to tell you, my brother wanted to walk in my shadow. He was like, I want to stick close to my big brother. Because that, that's the place of protection. That's where I want to be. Wherever I was, 
My brother wanted to be next to me. I think this is exactly what Psalm 91 is communicating to us. If we want to walk under the protection of God, we need to get as close to God as we can possibly be. And I got some great news for you because you're the one who decides how close to God that you're going to be. No one, no person can stop you from being close to God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome to think about? I mean, you can get as close to God as you want to be. And when you abide in the shadow of the mighty, when you get real cozy with the Lord, you get right up next to him, guess what? You walk under his protection, you walk under his power, God begins to strengthen you, God begins to divinely enable you. It's a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful thing. And he talks about the dwelling place in Psalm 91.1. He said he dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. A dwelling means to reside there, right? To To stay there. So I don't want to just run up and get close to God and then run away. I, I want to get as close to God and I want to dwell there. Man, I want to live there. I want to stay there. I, I don't want to go anywhere. Wherever the Lord is working, whatever God is doing, I want to follow him. I want to be right up next to him. I, I want to be as close to God as, as I could possibly be. What, what would your life be like today if you made a greater commitment to be closer to God? I just want to be close to God. I just want to walk with God. I want to stay in that dwelling place. Listen, when you're battle weary, when you're tired, when you don't know what to do, remember this, the faithfulness of God, you can always count on him. The strength of God, God's going to give you the strength that you need to get through what you're going through. And the protection of God, you're not going to be like Diego the beta fish. You're going to keep swimming. You're not going to sink to the bottom. You're not going to be flapping around at the bottom of the tank. God has too much for you in the days ahead. And we can't wait to see what God is going to do. Would you pray with me for a minute? Let's pray together. If you'd say, Pastor, pray for me today because I'm battle weary, I'm tired. I need God's strength in my life. I need God's power. Would you raise your hand today? I just want to pray for you wherever you are. Yeah, thank you. All over this room. Thank you. Over here in the sides, middle and the back. Thank you. Over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, you see these hands raised and these hearts surrendered to you today. God, would you do something magnificent, something unbelievable? Something fresh, something new, something, something that is spectacular in our own lives today, Lord, as we get close to you. God, would you strengthen us? Would you remind us of your faithfulness and your goodness, Lord? Thank you for being a God who is faithful even when we are faithless. You're that kind of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. And while our heads are bowed for a moment longer, others of us today may not have ever asked Jesus Christ to come into our hearts. And God has spoken to you today, and you want to begin a fresh spiritual journey with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He wants to come into your heart today. 
And I want to give you a special opportunity to ask Christ to come into your heart. Would you do it? It's the greatest decision that a person will ever make, and it begins with a simple prayer. And in that prayer, you'll just be saying, God, I know I'm a sinner, and I need to be forgiven. I need to be made new. Would you, would you come into my life, Lord? And I want to lead you in that response today. While we're seated and while our heads are bowed for just a moment, if you'd like to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart today, would you just raise your hand wherever you are, just hold it up, and I'll lead you in that prayer while you're seated. Yeah, thank you right here. Thank you. Thank you. I see you right here. Somebody else hold it up high. Over here in the back, thank you. I see you. Over here on the sides, in the back, thank you. Over here, yeah. Thank you over here, you three guys. Thank you. Over here, yes. Thank you in the back. I see you back over here. Yes, thank you. And if you just raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a brand new person. As I'm putting my faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross and resurrection. And now, Lord, thank you for forgiving me and making me new. And we pray this in your wonderful, wonderful name. Amen.